0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not
0: see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
1: (laughs) Hits for the Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steel's War Room. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm your host of this weekly show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, the show that takes you all things off-season, whether it's free agency, draft, salary cap, possible trades as we go into the season, all sorts of things. And so this week, as we enter minicamp, uh, last week I sort of just talked about you know how we're going to move a little bit away from draft draft picks and what have you, and I'm keen to talk about them over the coming weeks as we sort of look at what they do in mini camp and then obviously you know wider to training camp. However, mm-hmm. uh, for this week's show, we're going to really look at a couple of different things. Number one, we're going to look at some approximate value. Um, sort of metrics for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to talk about two pass rushes that potentially the Pittsburgh Steelers could look to sort of pick up um, over the next couple of weeks as well. We talked we've talked a bit around that over the last few shows, but I think the comments recently by Keith Butler that they're in the market for one. Um, I think anyone that listens to um, you know Steelers touchdown under or, or watches us live as well knows I've got some interesting feelings on Cassius Marsh, which I know a lot of the Steelers fan base do. So from that perspective, you know it's interesting to see sort of who's on that market, you know, to sort of support Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, of course, and Quincy Rocher. So let's kick it off then. So a lot of, you know, if you're a BTSC listener, uh, particularly to one of my shows or Dave's shows or what have you, or, or even Jeff's or even even Brian Anthony Davis, you know, or you follow us on the editorial side, you'll know that one of the really great places you can go to get some sort of stats is Pro Football reference. And they're sort of my go-to, um, you know, for all things stats and, you know, team stats and what have you. You know, obviously, there's other, other, you know, sites like PFF, you know, we'll put a lot of that together. ESPN put all that together. The NFL, you can look at the team's websites and what have you. But I really like what, you know, what Pro Football Reference does. And then I obviously like over the cap from a cap perspective. And we talked a little bit about AV before in some of my shows, and we've talked a little bit about them as well, um, you know, in terms of still Steelers Touchdown Under. But essentially, if you're unfamiliar, approximate value was created by a pro football reference founder, um, you know, Doug Drinan. And, and the approximate value was a method basically to put a number and a single number on the season, seasonal value of a player at a position of any given years. And he's, and this has been done going back all the way since 1950. So you can pull up all the Steelers and I'll, I'll show you what it looks like as an example um, in a moment there in terms of, uh, in terms of that perspective. But basically uh, the, this is an approximate valuation and it comes from baseball analysis. And basically it's to make judgments not about individual seasons, but about groups of seasons when it was first created. And the keyword is approximation, as this was one tool in their assortment, which makes no attempt to measure anything precisely. The purpose of the value approximation method is to render things large and obvious in a mathematical statement and thus capable of being put to use as to reach other conclusions. Now, Basically, when it was done from baseball, it was basic stats like batting average, RBI, stolen bases, pitching wins and losses, strikeouts, and so forth to assign an integer to each player season. Now, when you say integer, um, you know, that's something that's going to lose a lot of people. It starts to lose me a little bit from a mathematical perspective. But, you know, basically, in a, for baseball, a typical MVP would be around 16 or 17 and an all-star around 13, an average starter about 10 and so on. And then basically, the way they sort of look at it is that the approximations are not intended to tell you anything at all about the player you do not already know. It's not essential that you accept the individual valuations. There are cases where 10 or 11 points seasons will turn out under careful scrutiny to be better than a 12 or 13 point seasons. These approximations are intended only to distinguish as quickly and reliably as possible between large contributions, very large contributions, gigantic contributions, medium sized contributions, smaller, smaller, and negligible contributions. So to put this into perspective, if you look at the nineteen eighty seven Steelers, sorry, the nineteen seventy eight Steelers, uh, Terry Bradshaw, you know, you'd give him a sixteen. Jack Hammer, fifteen. Mike Webster, a fourteen. Joe Green a thirteen. Jack Lambert, a twelve. Donnie Shell, twelve. Lynn Swann, twelve. Mel Blount, uh, Mel Blount, sorry, eleven. Franco Harris, eleven. John Stillworth eleven. Elsie Greenwood, ten. John Kolb ten. John Banaszak nine. Ron Johnson, eight. Randy Grossman, eight. Rocky Blair, eight. Now, I know there's more guys on the roster, but they were sort of the top top 20-ish or top 15-ish guys, you know, from that perspective. So what I thought would be really interesting is to go back and look at every single Steelers player currently on the roster and essentially determine where they sit all time for the Pittsburgh Steelers for this approximate value for their career so far. Now, obviously, the rookies are going to be and the second year players are going to be, uh, you know, a bit lower down that list. But I think it's just an interesting perspective because when you look at this, there's some real, and we talked about it last week in terms of how I sort of went back and looked at spending on Pittsburgh Steelers players to, to date. And I think it's really interesting when you look at this and you go, we have some of the best players in our history. We might not have won that Super Bowl, but some of the best players in the Steelers' history are currently sitting on that roster. are currently sitting on that roster. And it, what a shame it would be if we didn't win a Super Bowl in the next sort of two years or particularly this year. Now, it's always a shame when you don't win a Super Bowl. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is... These guys deserve to go out with one. It's gonna be a real shame as Pittsburgh Steel fans sit there and say they, you know, only went to a couple of playoff games or they, you know, they only got to the divisional round if that's all they're to do this year. Look, at least get to an AMC championship game. So let's kick it off. I'm conscious we've got to crack through part one pretty, pretty quickly. But so Ben Roethlisberger is the leading all-time player for the Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of AV at 197. Um, you know, And he's played you know, almost the most seasons there as well, and that's got a big thing to do with it. Now, I said I'd give you current players. I'm going to throw in a couple of uh, older players here just so that you sort of get a feel for where the sort of Steelers top 20 is looking at. So Ben Rothersberger is the only current on-roster active player the Pittsburgh Steelers having their top 20. It is worth mentioning uh, that, you know, obviously Antonio Brown, you know, was still playing in the league and up until a couple of years ago, he had James Harrison too. So let's go through them. Jack Ham, he's got Navy of 151. He's number two. Mike Webster's 100, uh, number three with 150. Joe Green is number four with 142. Hard thing for Joe Green too is whilst these go back to 1950, you know, a lot of Joe Green's stats have been hard to hard to pull going back that long. Terry Bradshaw is 140 at number five. Number six is Jack Lambert with 137 AV. Number seven is Frank De Harris with 135. Number eight is Mel Blunt with 129. Number nine is Damani Dawson, 122. Number 10 is Rod Woodson with 120. Uh, number 11 is Heinz Ward uh, with 118. Number 12 is Donnie Schell with 116. Number 13 is Alan Fanica, 115. Number 14 is Troy Polamalu with 115. Andy Russell at 15 is 110. Uh, L.C. Greenwood, 108 at number 16. Number 17 is James Farrier with 105 there. I think that is. I've got um, an icon over my screen, 103, sorry. Um, James Harrison's on 103 at 18. John Stoller at 103 on number 19. And Antonio Brown is 100 on number 20. Now, that just gives you a bit of perspective. And it seems like I'm just railing off a list to sort this list out to current players took. Quite a quite a considerable amount of time. So I know it sounds like I'm running off a list, but it is an interesting perspective. So I think about these numbers, and I know I'm running through them pretty quick. Number 23, and he's only just retired, so I put him on there. He's, you know, he's pounce, is pouncy. So he had 96 at number 23. Now, we go into some current players. Cameron Haywood, 26 with 88. 29 is David DiCastro with 83. You've got Le'Veon Bell, who's been in the headlines this week. No, I know he's not on the roster, but I thought it worth mentioning. He's got 60 there. And when you talk about legacy, and Shannon White brought this up, and it it was so good to hear Shannon um, on – the hangover with bad and Tony and you talked about legacy. And this is something I want to address actually on Steelers touchdown under this week. Um, And if I don't get a chance, it'll be on next week's war room, but legacies are really interesting thing, especially when you start to talk about guys that are well set up for life with the millions they're making. Anyway, that's enough about Lavion Bell. TJ Watt number 78 uh, with 49. Now, obviously we could see him skyrocket up this list over the next couple of years. Uh, Stefan Tewitt is number 95 with 42. Number 105 for the Pittsburgh Steelers in their history is Vince Vince Williams with 40. At 133, there's this guy called Buzz Nutter. Buzz Nutter. I believe that's one of Jeff Hartman's favorite players, so I thought I'd keep him on there. um, Played center in 1961 to 1964, and he has 33. Joe Hayden sitting there. Uh, he has 31 at 138. Juju Smith-Schuster's 31 at 141. 152 is Minka Fitzpatrick with an AV of 28. And these are career AVs, remember. Boswell, you've got in here at 19, at 205. 225, Tyson alawalu with 17. 226, Terrell Edmonds um, with 17. Deontay Johnson with 13 at 270. Devin Bush, 283 with 12. Nick Shiner, another one of Jeff Hartman's favorite players, uh, quarterback 1968, 1969. Uh, You know, he was also on 289 with 12. I know he's not on the roster anymore. James Washington uh, with 10 at 327. 334 is BJ Finney with nine. 342 is Chukwama Okafor with nine as well. Chase Kweipel in there at 379. And he's, you know, and he's got seven. Uh, 396 is Jalen Samuels with 7. Robert Spillane is sitting there at 402 with 7. 420 is Benny Snell with 6. 454 is Cameron Sutton with 5. 459 is Marcus Allen with 4. Cameron Kennedy's there at 4.66 with four. Alex Highsmith, 4.77, and he's got an AV of four. Mason Rudolph's got an AV of four at 4.92. Kevin dotson has got an AV of three at 5.18. JC hassenhauer has got an AV of three as well at 5.29. Zach Banner, an AV of two at 5.68. Justin Lane, an AV of two at 6.02. Chris Wormley, an AV of two at, at um, 6.35. At number 668 is Carlos Davis with one number 673 is Trey Edmonds with one 702 is Ray Ray McLeod with one 703 is Anthony McFarlane Jr. With one Henry Mondeau has one at seven hundred eight. Seven thirteen, James Pierre with one 762 is Matthew Wright with one and Joshua jobs, Zach Gentry, Ulysses Gilbert and Wendell Smallwood who's no longer roster as well. He just came off my list at the end there. They all have none at, for Josh Dobbs. 8.51 for Zach Gentry, 8.53 for Ulysses Gilbert. But really, it doesn't matter when you've got zero. So just to recap what that looks like, you've got a number of Pittsburgh Steelers players that are going to start moving up these rankings, and you've got guys like Cameron Haywood that really, in two years' time, could easily be in that top 20 with the for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, can, can he surpass Antonio Brown? You know, can he get into the Donnie Shell sort of numbers? But I think it's really interesting because when you look at the top 20 here, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, not yet in the Hall of Fame, obviously he's still playing, Jack Hamm Hall of Fame, um, you know, Mike Webster, Joe Green, Terry Bradshaw, Jack Lambert, Franker Harris, Mel Blunt, Damoni Dawson, Rod Woodson, Ward, Donnie Schell, Anil Fanica, Troy Polamalu, Andy Russell, Elsie Greenwood, James Barrier, James Harrison, John Stallworth. You know, and, and it's a shame about Antonio Brown, but if you look at these guys I mean, in the Hall of Fame, you know, in the Steelers, you know, Hall of Honor, you know, all the guys that are going to be there at one, at one stage or another? And, you know, we're very lucky as Pittsburgh Steelers fans, but I think it's pretty interesting that we've got, you know, several players that are in, you know, this top couple of hundred already and guys that are sort of starting to skyrocket up this list. And there's surprising numbers there. I think you'd be surprised at Jalen Samuels, but equally Chase Claypool, seven in his first year. That bodes really well, you know, for him. Juju up there as well. Can he get break into that 40 mark and get into the top 100? You know, that would be incredible for a player, but for a player like Juju. But look, with that, that wraps up part one of this week's Steelers War Room. I'm your host, Matt Periffle. Join me for part two. We're gonna look at a couple of those pass rushes I talked about. We're gonna look at a couple of um, you know different tackle options that are available. You know, we might even get it be able to have time to give into a couple of as well. We're And we're back on Steelers War Room. I'm Matt Peveril, your host this weekly show. And look, just before we crack into part two, and there's lots to get through, I wanted to remind everyone that obviously we're part of BTSC, Behind the Steel Curtain, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, part of SB Nation, one of the best Steelers, or well, the best steel fans sites out there, one of the best NFL sites um, out there, one of the best NFL sites with SB Nation. your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, we offer, you know, a number of YouTube shows, nightly YouTube shows across, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They kick off with, you know, um, Tales from 2 a.m. They go into the Hangover. They go into the Scobro show. Then they go into – it goes into Curtain Call. Then it goes into the Preview. Then it goes into Six Pack with Tony. And then on Saturday night, you've got me and Mark, the Larrikins from Down Under, Steelers Touchdown Under. Uh, You know, to take it through, you know, it's an incredible lineup, you know, from those shows. And then in the morning shows, you've got Jeff Hartman, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the co-editor, you know, doing his, his let's rides that conclude things like heart to heart segments. And, you know, there's, there'll be, you know, he's happy to play the hater. He's happy to play the homer. He's happy to play the, you know, the realist as well. You know, you've got Dave Schofield doing the Stat Geek. You've got Michael Beck doing the live mic on the Tuesday. Dave's Stat Geek goes live on Thursday. And then you've got the the midday shows which are coming, which is this one that goes live. And, you know, there's a couple of others that are going to be coming as we go into the off season. So there's plenty of content. And, you know, one of them is bad's fact or fiction. So whatever you whatever you need for Pittsburgh Steelers we've got your fix you know I encourage you to go over to the editorial site on the website and have a read of those there's some awesome comments there if you don't want to just chat Steelers with different people and you know feel free even if you read through them and you, you know you're feeling sometimes it can get really deep with technical pieces but you know it's really really interesting some of the debate that goes on with you know Pittsburgh Steeler fans and BTSC is that one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, so I really implore you to go there. The other thing I can always, I would always love to ask is that you give us a like, um, you know, all those shows, whether you know whatever platform it's on that you possibly can. Particularly when the YouTube shows or iTunes, leave us a comment on iTunes as well. I think it's a fun fact that a lot of people don't realize that, like most of us as the contributors get are not paid, or if you we are, it's very little. This is this is hobby stuff for us. Um, you know so we put this content together we always hope you like it we're always open to feedback and 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 what have you so you know we just really hope you enjoy it you know but those things like likes and comments help um support what we do they support you know equipment that we get or competitions that we run you know so you know, anything that you can sort of do there from a like or comment perspective, or you know, even sometimes with the super chats and the donations, there is, you know, so greatly appreciated uh, from that perspective. And, you know, on suggestions, if you've got a question for me, um, whether it's in this capacity for Warham or whether it's still touching under, please email Aussie, A U W S I E Steeler 91 at gmail.com. That's Aussie Steeler with two S's, not Z's for Aussie aussiesteeler ninety one at gmail.com I'd be more than happy to investigate a topic for you. I've done it for a couple of other other fans so far and you know and hopefully I've done that to that to that best degree we can um you know and hopefully you're sticking with me, with this in the off season as well because we're trying to bring you all the content you need, which you'll be able to reflect on as we go into the season so to kick off part two. We know the Steelers, you know, are going to have a bunch of cap next year. And I've talked about this before that, you know, it's currently sitting at $74 million, but you can pretty much knock off about 23 for TJ Watt, which brings it to 45. And then if Ben's back, you can probably knock off another 20. So we're going to have about 25 million. So I thought it was pretty interesting to look at, the tackle position, because obviously we're going into this, this off season with, you know, Dan Moore jr, the draft fourth round draft pick out of Texas A&M. We've got Chukwama, who's going to probably be playing left tackle, Zach Banner at right tackle, you know, apart from that, we're pretty thin with guys that are practice school or developmental guys. So I thought, Let's have a look according to over the cap about who are the free agent tackles that are available, um, you know, in next off season. Now, it's too early to tell whether these guys will be available. They could be re-signed by their, you know, current teams and what have you. But I thought I'd go through it, you know, to a degree here. And so, let's have a look at it. So, Cam and Cam Robinson he'll be available in 2022 at this point in time left tackle um he's currently on an average pay per year of 13.7 million dollars he's 27 so he's a bit younger he's going to command that money taylor morton's there right tackle with the panthers you know he's 28 he's got an average salary of, of per year of the same 13.754 million taron armstead with the saints um you know he's in 31, he's going to be. He's got an average pay per year of the 13 million mark. Dwayne Brown, who's 37, I would suggest if he's not staying with the Seahawks, he may, may retire. He's got, you know, a, a contract there of average pay per year of 11.5 million. Trent Brown, you've got 9 million there. Um, Bright Tackle, he's going to be 29. Eric Fisher, you know, who's with the Colts, um, you know, he's 31 and you know, obviously he got released from Kansas City. He'll be available, his current pay packet per year is about 8.3 million. Riley Reef, who's with the Bengals, he's 34. I can't imagine the Steelers want to pick him up, but he's a left tackle. He's currently on an average pay per year of seven and a half mil. Brandon Shell at Seahawks, right tackle 30. He's on average pay of 4.5 million. You know I gotta take out guys like Slater and what have you that come up, but you know, you've got Charles Leno in Washington. Um, obviously he got released by the Bears. He's on about four million a year at the moment, um, in terms of average pay per year. The contract number, Chris Hubbard, you've got with the Browns at 3.5 million, Matt Grono, Um, he's 26, he's about 3.38 million. Um, uh, Mike Remmers, who's with the Chiefs, you can't imagine Steelers go after him, but he's sitting there at 3.3 million. Nate Solder, the Giants, you know, you can't imagine there's going to be too much there, but he's, got, he's there for $3 million. And if I start going down the list, you know, you look at um, Ryan Ramsek from the Saints. Now, he's a guy that's going to be on a lot more than his contract. I think he's still playing off a rookie contract, um, you know, but he's $2.2 million. You know, then you start, really, it's a lot of those draft picks. But Braden Cole um, is probably the other guy that I want to talk about. So Braden Smith from the Colts. Um, I'd probably want to talk about there who's 26.1.798 million. Could the Steelers sign him to a long-term deal there? You know, is he a guy that we really want to bring in? And as I said, I it's just a, thought it was quite interesting to look at some of these tackles um that are available next year because we're gonna have some money, you know, and and we don't want to necessarily have me having a trade draft pick. So I think it's interesting to see. Who's going to be, you know, available from that perspective? And it is an older sort of crowd there too. But, you know, there's also going to be some really great draft picks that will come through next year. So how are they going to shape some of this up? You know, are there other players are going to be released from contracts and and what have you? So, you know, these are interesting considerations. And, you know, as this show always likes do, we like to put you in the mind of, Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, what they're thinking about with the roster. And, you know, if you don't think these guys think, you know, definitely they're thinking about the season ahead, but they're also thinking about the future in every decision and, you know, what's being made. And I think when we think about Chukes, you know, there's a lot of left tackles going to be available. Um, you know, there's a lot of right tackles gonna be available too. So can Banner move around? Is there a right tackle that's versatile? Um, you know, and that's going to be the big question. You saw what the Chiefs did this year, and in massively investing in their O line, they kind of had no choice when you got Patrick Mahomes as, you know, as your quarterback. But it sort of shows you how quickly you can sort of revamp them. Or you look at the Raiders and how many offensive linemen they got rid of. So these are just some of the things we need to be thinking about as Steelers fans. You know, um, you know, just why we have this. You know, these next sort of four or five weeks went after between minicamp and and training camp. There's sort of things we can ponder and think about because this is when draft picks can be traded and, you know, guys with one year to go, you know, might be more available, you know, when teams actually want something for them, particularly if a team's starting to, you know, starting to drop off a little bit um, early on in the season as well before the trade deadline. So continuing this vein, At the start of the show, we talked about the fact that Keith Butler's been pretty open in the last week or so about the fact that the Steelers, and it was sort of rumored about a week before that, the Steelers are in the market for a pass rusher. So I had a bit of a look. Now, this is quite interesting because you've got to determine who's going to be off contract in 2022, like I have done with the tackles. But then I looked at over the caps, over the cap have something which you can only really get for the latest week of the season. So you have to follow this in the season if you don't want to play pre Pay premium now. I pay for a premium subscription over the cap, about twenty five year. So it's it's pretty worth it if you're a big fan, um, and particularly if you're interested in like free agency and drafts and what have you. But basically, if you look at twenty twenty, and they do these they do these really cool pieces where, you, and you can search this by position, or you can search it by several positions, or you can search it by every position. But essentially. You can look at what a player's valuation was. Now they're based on PFF numbers. Now obviously PFF numbers are some people find them really questionable, and basically it aligns the PFF to the value to the value of their contract based on average pay per year. So this isn't foolproof, but it does give you a little bit of an indication of how players actually performed. And I think it's really interesting when you look at. Guys that are coming off a rookie deal particularly it's really interesting when you're looking at guys that are going to become available and where you actually going to get some value um you know from that now to give you an idea if you look at the, all the different positions mm-hmm. last year in 2020 the top five for for in terms of value over pay per year now obviously you're going to have a lot of rookies that's the caveat to this but yeah actually these these were the players. Josh Allen hits 32 million um, average pay per year value over his current average pay of 5 million. Kyler Murray, 25 million over with an av- with his current pay at 8.7 million. Justin Herbert had a value of 25 million over with 6.4, six point six four 6, 6. million 6.64 um, million his current pay per year. Lamar Jackson's current pay per year is two point average is 2.3 million, and he had a value over of 23 million. PJ what? 21 million over. Now, even this year, he's potentially potentially scheduled. That's so he'll be 13 million above what, you know, um he's getting paid at that 10 million mark. So that's the top five. And then other guys you've got like Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, Taylor Morton, Fred Warner. Um, you know, and they sort of round up your top 10 to 12. So I went in and had a look at three, four defensive ends and three, four outside linebackers, because as I said, we want to look at pass rushers because really it's the outside linebacker position that the Steelers are are pretty thin at when you think that Cassius Marsh is probably our fourth best pass rusher that's available, um, you know, for the Pittsburgh Steelers Steelers currently. And so I sort of had a bit of a look and sort of went, okay, well, who's going to be available? Who's going to be available, Um, you know, from that perspective. I came to two players. Now, I basically whittled it down to being two players because really the Steelers, and, and this is the thing, I'm looking at guys that the Steelers either could get up, could pick up if they're cut, and, I, and I'm going to caveat this with the player that I'm going to talk about from the Cardinals. I don't think, <laughs> I just can't see him being cut. I can't see the other player being cut, to be honest, either, um, you know, from the Panthers. But these are guys you could trade some picks for some fairly late picks, or you could trade some players. Like, could you trade a Benny Snell in a fourth? Or could you trade a Jalen Samuels in a a fourth, you know, or a fifth? You know, could you trade even a Mason Rudolph? Now, I don't want them to trade Mason Rudolph. Could you trade trade a Joanne Haskins? I don't think you can trade a quarterback for either of these guys, but you could trade a guy like a James Washington. Again, I would rather keep him for depth in the room. But these are the things you've got to think about, right? Because we need pass rush. We need someone backing up. You know TJ Watt, so he can have a rest. You need someone backing up Alex Highsmith, you know, and hopefully that's Quincy Rocher. But Quincy Rocher can't cover both blokes for the whole season. For the whole season. So the two players that I sort of came to the conclusion that these guys could be worth trading for, because equally as well, you got to remember, if we bring them into the Steelers, we're going to be, you know, responsible for a certain amount of their cap, particularly if they've got a few more years left. So I thought. Who are the guys in the off-contract next year that we can trade for? And we talked about the tackles just before, but who are the guys that we could potentially trade for now? Because at least teams might go, oh, I actually want to get something for them. So let me to two players. And the two players are Dennis Gardick of, or Gardek of the Cardinals and Marquise Haynes from the Panthers. They were the two guys that sort of stood out to me. Um, you know, from that perspective. Now, both of those guys are 3-4 outside linebackers um, as well. So that, that's a bit more where they play rather than, um, you know, the perspective of a 4-3 defensive end. So they're going to fit what the Pittsburgh Steelers want to do. In Dennis Gardek, you've got a 232-pound um, you know, linebacker there from the, from that perspective, and I think it's interesting with him, because he's probably a bit smaller than what the Steelers probably generally want to go for. And in Marquise Haynes, you've got a six foot two, two hundred and thirty five pound guy. Both of them had really good year, good years last year. Because if you look at it, Dennis Gardek you know, he's um, you know, when you talk about the valuation, his value over his his pay number there was about three million. So. His current pay per year is about $572,000, his average pay per year. And, you know, he delivered 3.3, 3.878, 3. Um, you know, in terms of value. When you look at, I'm sorry, I really, I really get down, back down to, uh, down to him down here, but Marcus Haynes, you know, he had $139, th- one, sorry, $1,349,000 um, over, you know, so he sort of had a value of only six hundred six hundred twenty thousand, but he's, you know, a much, you know, when you look at it, he's a he's a guy that's on a very cheap deal that's delivered a bit of value. And I just sort of liked what he did. He's a bit younger too. And that's the thing. I wanted to look at guys that were that bit younger, um, that made sense to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Dennis Gardek is 26, 26, almost 27. Um, you know, and, and then Marco's Haynes, you've got a guy who's 27. So, you know, and he should be about 28 halfway through the season. So this is the thing is that, like, you, we don't. I'm not talking about guys that are 30 34. I wanted to eliminate that. I wanted to look at guys that actually could develop for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So let's look at them and then we can compare their career stats. But let's look at their 2020. So, um, you know, in terms of Dennis Gardek, you know, his 2020 season involved one fumble recovery. He played in 14 games. He didn't start in anything. He had seven sacks for the Cardinals. Uh, you know, he had um, 16 combined tackles. He had seven tackles for a loss and 10 quarterback hits. And he had an AV of two, you know, things. We talked to an AV in the first half of the show, you know, and he's had a career AV to date of four. He's played three seasons in the league. You know, he's had seven sacks in total. They all came last year. He's had seven tackles for loss in total. They all came last year. And his quarterback hits 10. They all came last year. But that's pretty cool production. He didn't start any of those games. And imagine if you could have that guy as a backup. And you're sitting there saying to me, Matt, the the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't going to be able to pick this guy up. Fine. But the Cardinals have signed a lot of players, right? They're in win-now mode. Can they afford to kick this guy long-term? And if you can get a third-round pick for him, would you do it? That's the thing, particularly when the Pittsburgh Steelers have got a compensatory pick coming, likely from Bud Dupree. Would you do a third round pick for this? Would you trade another player that they really need? That's an interesting question for me. But then we look at we look at Dennis, we look at Haynes from the Panthers. And his 2020, he had four sacks. He had one force fumble. He had one pass deflection. He had 18 combined tackles, four tackles for a loss, and five quarterback hits. So he didn't get after the quarterback as much, but he did a bit more around the ball. He played in 15 games. He didn't start any. He also had an AV of two. His career today, you know, he's played in 30 games. He's started none. One pass defense, one force fumble, um, you know, three fumble recoveries, five sacks, 34 tackles, five tackles for a loss, seven quarterback hits in total. So, when you compare the two guy, these two players together, you know Dennis Gardick, you know has played in 14 more games. They've both played from 2018 to 2020. Um, you know Gardick's made more solo tackles. That Marquise Haynes has been in there for more assisted tackles. So they're they're not far off each other. Um, you know quarterback hits Dennis Gardick takes the lead. Tackles for loss Dennis Gardek takes the lead. Sacks he takes the lead. Force fumbles isn't. Marquis takes that one. Fumble recoveries, that are almost equal with two and three. Um for Dennis and so two for Dennis, three for Marquise, Haynes. No one's had a touchdown, no one's had defensive interception, no one's had the those yards and 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 TDs there. But the, the interesting sort of piece as well is that the snap counts for them both as well. So they both seem to have started a bit more in their, they started they played more special teams early in their careers. Um, you know, but before going to, you know, playing a bit more defensive snaps. So really for Dennis, he was playing the defensive first time this year and he played only 9% of the defensive snaps. So he doesn't have a lot of mileage on those legs. So for what he was able to do, you know, in those nine snaps, is th- those nine, that 9% of defensive snaps is actually pretty incredible, Um, you know, versus Guy like Marquise Haynes, who played in, 37% of the Panther snaps are 390. And that's the thing is like these guys aren't necessarily playing a lot. So, uh, you know, how well are they favored? But they're guys that show a bit of promise. And I, I know it's left field, but I just see the Pittsburgh Steelers looking to really pick up a player, a player like one of these guys that's going to be off contract. There's no long-term commitment. The other team needs to get something for them. They have produced the younger guys too, so they've got time to develop. They're going to be depth pieces. Can you sign them to a two or three-year deal as part of the trade? You know, and basically, you know, uh, offset that money. You know, um, you know, in future years in terms of a drawn-out signing bonus. Um, you know, and these are things that you've got to consider. But look, I had more to get through in this week's show, but that'll wrap us up. That'll wrap us up. We can, I can bring up some of it next week. It's not, it's not our time sensitive. But I hope you enjoyed this today's show, where we looked at AV across that approximation value. Um, from pro football reference that we looked at across current players, where they fit in Steelers franchise history. We covered some of those, you know, awesome Steelers legends and where they sit. And then in the first part of part two, we you know, we looked at some of the tackles that are available. We've now looked at um, Dennis Gardik and Marquis Haynes, two potential pass rushers, two-three Steelers could go after before the season starts. I'm Matt Peverell. Go Steelers!